0: Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Righty, this morning we were focusing on what many call Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday that Christ made his triumphal entrance, entrance into Jerusalem. Before, he had told people, my time is not yet come. But on that Sunday, his time had come. And it sets in place what's going to happen up to his crucifixion and then his resurrection. And I thought it was particularly interesting on that Palm Sunday, how we have so many people mentioned, and how so many different views there are in this uh, narrative of Jesus. The Greeks were there, they were... Curious and cautious, the chief priests were, and the Pharisees were hostile. They were scheming. The crowd was emotional and fickle. The disciples were faithful and growing. Uh, Judas was hypocritical and selfish. And Mary and Martha were sincere and devoted. Now, we're going to start at number 26. Velvet, you are good. You are really good. We're starting at uh, 26. Now, let, let's, let's learn from this. Okay, we, we've read a story, and we see all these characters, but it's there not just to entertain us like you would read a novel. No, there, there's a message here. We're going to keep it real simple, and we won't be long because we've got to uh, get to the Lord's Supper. But we want to learn three very important lessons from this narrative that I hope and pray will help you that will help you be stronger as a Christian, that you won't be taken by surprise by how some people react to the gospel. We've already seen, we've already proven from Scripture that different people have different reactions to the Lord. So let's understand, number one this afternoon, that Jesus does indeed evoke different responses from different people. Jesus evokes different responses from different people. We think, we love Jesus, what's not to love? Why wouldn't you love him? What's he ever done to you that you're just ticked off about? Why can't you believe? Why can't you trust? A believer can have those kinds of questions, and perhaps you've had those questions, and and maybe even been frustrated by it. But look back a couple chapters in the book of John, verse number 19, we see that the Lord does evoke different responses, not just there on Palm Sunday, but back in chapter 10. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? You see, here's another occasion where two different groups of people have two completely different opinions of Jesus Christ. So for us to be mature in our faith as we go out these doors, we need to be prepared for differing views ranging anywhere from curiosity to animosity. And you're going to find that in your daily travels, in your daily work, in your daily interaction with people. You're going to find people that have curiosity, and then you're going to find people that have have animosity. Don't let that shock you. Don't let that, don't let that trip you up. Understand this, that the Jesus you love, I hate to tell you this, but we got to be true to Scripture, others may very well hate. The Jesus that you and I love, others will hate. And if you can't understand that Jesus will evoke these different uh, responses, then you could get discouraged. It might could even lead to your defeat. And again, like I said just a minute ago, it, it's sometimes hard. It, it can even be frustrating. You know, when you're sharing the gospel with somebody and, and you, you, you want so badly for them to accept Christ as, as their savior, you're, you're, you're witnessing to them, you want them to get saved, and they're not, you know, they're, they're just not there. Or they tell you no. You, you need to understand that's not unusual. That's not uncommon. And understand this, too, because we we want to grow in our faith. It is very likely that the people who criticize Jesus, because you are a believer, they'll criticize you. You Just just be prepared for that. And, And that's just the way, you know, Paul was a believer, and people hated Paul because he believed. Now, there will be some that will love you, your other brothers and sisters in Christ. They will love you. They will be an encouragement to you. They will be glad that you are saved. You will relate to them. But understand, though, those that don't know Christ, those that are walking in darkness, if they're critical of Jesus, chances are they're going to be critical of you. That's okay. God will give you the strength to endure. God will give you the boldness to witness. He will give you the wisdom, if you look to him, on how to handle that. Then number two, what do we learn from this story? Accept the fact that Jesus is both a unifier and a divider. That's what Jesus does. When he's around, there are groups that he is going to unify, and there are groups that are going to be divided from those who are unified. In Matthew 25, verse number 32, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. So the sheep, when they are separated, they're united. I mean, sheep like being with other sheep. Sheep are comfortable around other sheep. But the goats are not comfortable with the sheep, and the goats got to be over here to themselves. So it may seem somewhat ironic that Christ can be both a unifier and a divider, but that is indeed the case, particularly when it comes to believers and non-believers. You see, we're different. Believers have been saved. Believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. Believers, therefore, have open eyes. They're not walking in darkness. Believers have grateful hearts. Believers, if they're mature in the Lord, have a humble spirit. Whereas unbelievers, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They're blind. They're walking in darkness. They have hardened hearts. They have a proud spirit. Now, among those of similar State of being the believers there. There's a unity. Yeah, it's it's a neat thing when you're on vacation and you either run into a believer somewhere at some kind of vacation spot, or or you go to another church. You ever go to another church and on vacation and you you can tell it is a true Bible believing church, and there, there's you, you just sense that that these are genuine. Don't you feel at home? You know, don't, don't, don't you feel, you, you, I mean, you, there's a kindred spirit. You've never met these people before in your life. But it's one of the neatest things. It's one of the reasons you, when you're on vacation, you ought to go to church. Uh, and, and when you're there, it's, it's just a, a neat thing to meet people you've never met, but there is a kindred spirit because in that sense, God is a unifier. But understand also, he is the divider of the goats between the sheep. We believers share a common love for the Lord, a common set of values and morals and Worldviews, and there is this natural bond between uh, true believers. I talk about, you know, pray for me um, after Easter. Sharon and I, like I, I think I mentioned this morning, we're going down to South Carolina a couple of days, spend some time with uh, Aaron, a new boyfriend, then we're going back to Louisiana. Hopefully my mom's going to come back. She's kind of weighing the issue. Uh, you know, pray that she'll, she'll uh, you know, we, we want her to come. I hope she'll come back with us. That's the plan right now. But uh, I'm also going to preach uh, down in Baton Rouge at the church where it all started for me. Central Baptist Church of Baton Rouge, that's where I got saved as a young man. Started teaching Sunday school, I think, when I was in, well, certainly when I was in college. I may have even been in high schools teaching uh, little boys. And uh, it's where I got saved, uh, where Sharon and I got, uh, where I got baptized, where Sharon and I got, in fact, the, the preacher that baptized me, he still, he pastors, well, I think he's retired. But every time he sees me, I forgot about this. I am so tall. That when he ducked me beneath the water, my head hit the steps over here. <laughs> a big, a big old, big old thud. And I'd forgotten about that. And I saw him when I was down in Louisiana, you know, a number of years ago. And he, he reminded me, he said, remember I, I baptized you that, you know, your head hit on the steps. And I said, I, I remember that. And it's where we got married. And it's kind of weird though. Let me, let me just chase a rabbit here. It's kind of weird because, you know, I, the, they have a new pastor down there. A guy that was there when I was, in fact, he and I went to graduate school at Pensacola together. His name's Alan Bartlett, and his claim to fame is his grandfather wrote uh, "Victory in Jesus." And if you don't look it up, if you look it up, the last name is Bartlett. I don't remember what his grandpa's first name is, but Alan, he he's um, he just took over as a pastor. He's been there thirty-seven. I've been he, he's been there twenty-seven, maybe thirty. Five years, something like that, because he was there before I left to go up to to Chicago and then come here, so he's been there the whole time, he's still there, and the pastor that's been there all these years uh, retired, and his son came in, and there was a problem there, a serious problem, almost drove the church into the ground, and Alan has become the new pastor there, and I love it, because Alan represents a change, and what I believe is a good change, and uh, I have nothing but respect for, for Alan. So uh, he heard that I was coming down there, and he called me. He said, you're going to be here over a Sunday? I said, yes. He says, uh, well, Sunday night that you're here, he said, could you, could you preach? And I said, uh, sure. I said, I'd be, I'd be honored to, especially uh, under the new change. I'm going to preach a message that I preached here, I forget how long ago, and it's going to be perfect for them. Uh, where uh, The message where when they cross the river and they said, uh, Jordan, you know, we've not passed this way before. You know, for them as a congregation, this is a new direction. They're under new leadership, and you, uh, what? I, I got to be careful. A new and better style of leadership, I would say, a, a more loving, uh, pastoral view with, with Brother Allen. So uh, this is kind of weird. They they just started live streaming their services. So last Sunday night, you know, I'm home, we're home on Sunday night, so I get to watch people that have Sunday night services. So I, I tuned in to Central Baptist Church. There's Brother Alan Bartlett up there, and he's preaching. He's making announcements. And he says, I think forget what it is, April. He said, April the 8th, Brother McMorris is going to be here to preach. I told Sharon, come here, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> come here. <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah, well, I didn't know I was so great. You know, I, I didn't want him to stop. Alan was telling them stuff that I had forgotten about because Alan and I go way back. Ooh, I shouldn't have told you that because you're going to be watching to see how I flub up. <laughs> I think their service starts either at six or six thirty Central Time, so tune in while we're gone because I'm going to talk about you. So you can, but it'll be good. It'll 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 be good. But uh, how did I get But that was weird hearing a commercial about yourself, you know. And I told Sharon, I said, "I'm really great. I've been telling you that for years, and Al is saying it for everybody to hear." I don't think there are that many people there now that were there when I was there because that's thirty years ago. Anyway, how did I get off on that? Do what? Unifier and divider. divider. (laughs) Shall we? (laughs) Shall we continue? All right, Cindy's ready to go. So so he's, he is, is, is both a unifier and divider. And, and, and what I would want you to take away from this, like from the other one, I said be prepared for the fact that if people don't love your Jesus or if they hate him, you're going to be suspect to them. They may not hate you, but they're not going to get you. They, they may be critical of you. They may think that you're part of the problem these days. Under this one, except the fact that Jesus is both a unifier and divider, uh, I would want your takeaway to be this. He is a unifier. And seek and enjoy fellowship among true believers. You're going to be criticized. There's people who are going to think you're weird believing what you're believing and living the way you live. That's what's going to really throw them off. What do you mean you don't drink? What do you mean you don't go to this or that? You know, and they, they... it just makes them look bad, so they become very critical. So make it a point to be in church among people of like faith. Establish friendships with people of, you know, Bible believers. And there may be some folks out there that go to other churches, and they're not exactly like we are, but, you know, they're, they're good people. They're, they're believers. They're true believers. They're truly born again. You know, enjoy your times of fellowship that you have with them. But thirdly and lastly, And I think this is the most important point of this whole lesson today. Always be conscious of the fact that Jesus loved and died for every person and group in this story. That's what I really want you to take away from this. He loved, again, we looked at various reactions to Christ, everything from curiosity to animosity and everything in between. Understand this, that Jesus loved all those people and that week he went to the cross and that week he died mark 2:17 when jesus heard it he saith unto them they that are whole have no need of the physician but they that are sick i came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance palm sunday occurred on sunday and jesus died for those people on friday and he arose for those people on sunday He died for Judas. He died for the crowd. He died for the Greeks. He died for the priests. He died for the Pharisees. And we too, like Jesus, while we may not understand how people can reject Christ, while we might be put off by the fact that so many hate him today, we should still love those people because Christ loved those people. And every one of these cards here and every one of those cards up there, Reflect to me as your pastor the fact that you get that. Because I'm sure these cards here and those cards up there reflect just as many different opinions of Christ as we find in this story. Everything from curiosity to animosity, everything in between. We need to love people like Christ did, we need to witness to people like Christ did. He witnessed, he died for the hypocritical and the selfish. He died for the emotional and the fickle. He died for the hostile and the scheming. He died for the curious and the cautious. So that they could become sincere and devoted, faithful and growing. So they could become one of the disciples. So that they could become a Mary, a Martha, or a Lazarus. So when you're out there, be careful to not be discouraged by views contrary to yours or even hateful to yours. Ask God for grace to be a witness to win them over. It may take you inviting them to church, giving them some literature, a personal witness, just them watching your life day in and day out, but never getting discouraged and certainly never being defeated, but being faithful because every one of those people in this story with all these various opinions and responses to Christ. They're all people that Christ died for. Remember, everybody was something before they were saved. Every one of us was something before we were saved. We probably fell into one of those categories. There were probably people in here that were just curious. There were probably people in this room that maybe were, had animosity towards this whole Christian thing. Before you got saved, but Jesus changed all that. So, remember... Be conscious of the fact that Jesus died for all those people. So when we run into those people today, don't be discouraged. Certainly don't be defeated. But see yourself as their best hope of them coming to know Christ as their Savior through your witness, your testimony, your invitation to them to come to church, putting literature in their hands, tracts in their hands. And let's conclude with this. Being conscious of our view of Jesus. Because we each have a view today. Let me read you this last quote and we'll move on to the Lord's Supper. This one writer said, Our choices remain the same today. You can try to use him for your own benefit like Judas. You can deny him like the chief priest. You can seek him and learn about his sacrifice for you like the Greeks. And you have the opportunity to worship him like Mary and Martha. The choice is yours. But you must choose. Everybody will stand before God one day, and their response to him will determine their eternal destiny. So, I want to believe as your pastor, and I love you, that you being here today reminds you of something that really we already know, that not everybody sees Jesus like we do. And some people where you work, or some family members can without even thinking about it, use his name in vain and say the most terrible things. Don't let that discourage you. Don't let that defeat you. That is human nature. It was that way 2,000 years ago. But determined by God's grace and with his help, you're not going to be discouraged. You're not going to be defeated. You understand that's the way it is in this sin-cursed world, and you're going to try to be a a light to them. You're going to let them see Jesus in you by his grace. And you're going to try to be, a, you're going to look for those opportunities to witness. Because there was a time that all the people in this story that knew Christ, the disciples and others, they didn't know Jesus. There was a time that they came to know Christ as their Savior. And may it be our prayer that through our lives, others will come to know Christ as their Savior. So when we leave today, if you understand this, when somebody uses the name of, of Jesus in vain tomorrow, you, you're going to have the, you're going to have a biblical view of that and that's going to put you in a better position to be strong and to be faithful and to be a witness for Christ. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website, at myobaptistchurch.com Thanks for listening.